taken. It's gone through everyone. It's in the back of the net. And Singapore take the lead against Myanmar. Yet again, Saiful Issa. That's a good ball, Juric! Has silenced the crowd. Saiful Issa's cross. Alexander Juric rises. And just before half-time, the armed forces have pulled it back. Saiful Issa, that's a good-looking ball. Just needs to finish now. Saiful Issa, what a ball from him. It's a shirley shot, and that's what he does best. Saiful Issa. Oh, it's a delicious ball played in, and the equaliser for Singapore. That man yet again, Cairo Lumri. Eight goals now in the Suzuki Cup, and it comes from quite a sumptuous delivery from Saiful Issa. He had one of the sweetest left foots in this country. Shaiful Essa joins us on this episode. Former Lions and Singapore Armed Forces fullback, Shaiful Essa is here and he chats to us about life after football and his bittersweet feeling of leaving the local football scene. But be warned, this could get spicy. Hi and welcome to episode 18 of The Final Whistle. This is Deepan. This is Kabir. Today's episode is powered by Active Fit. ActiveFit is an online sports and fitness store providing apparels, equipment, as well as recovery tools, which is a forgotten but essential element for fitness enthusiasts. That's right. You can now enjoy a discount of 10% when you shop with ActiveFit if you use our unique promo code, hashtag TFinalWhistle. Visit ActiveFit.com. That's A-K-T-I-V-E-F-I-T.com now. So Dipan, when it comes to a football match, what is one thing that you enjoy seeing? Well, for me, I think there's nothing sweeter than a well-struck set-piece. It doesn't necessarily have to be a direct shot on goal, but those curved, out-swinging or in-swinging free-kicks, corners, I love to watch them. And generally, my favourite players have always been the ones who took the set-pieces. Mm. So, the likes of uh, Andrea Perlo, David mm. Beckham, I loved watching them take the set-pieces. Yeah, man, huge names, were icons. But yeah, I have to agree. La. A well-struck set-piece is good to watch, but it's even better when it goes off the post and boom, into goal. Watch yeah. this, bro. And I think there's an extra layer of magnificence when it comes to someone who takes it with their left foot. I can remember the likes of uh, Shunsuke Nakamura, mm. uh, Lauren Robert of Newcastle, Leighton Baines. Geeks. Yep, geeks. Yeah. And in a local context, we have Zulfami Arifin, you know, who takes the free kicks and the corners for the national team. And there's always a layer of elegance when it comes to it. And our guest today, boy, could he whip it. When he was in the national team and we had a set-piece opportunity, he was panning stations for the opponents and his left foot was so sweet. Just by this description, you know who I'm talking about. Yep. Uh, welcome to the final whistle, Shaiful Esa. How are you? Uh, what have you been doing? Uh, thank you for having me here with you guys. Uh, it's an honor to be here. Uh, I've been enjoying my life after retirement, <laughs> actually. <laughs> uh, having more family times with my family. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, after retirement, I've been in the construction industry for three years. Uh, working mm. under a main contractor, A1 mm. main mm-hmm. contractor. Uh. So I meet new friends, I meet new colleagues, work together with them and uh, it's the same old thing. Uh. 
in football you have teamwork mm-hmm. the same outside mm-hmm. in construction industry you need to have teamwork so i gel well with them yes. and it's a natural thing mm. to work as a team you you say that you've been enjoying uh, post football and most <laughs> people who enjoy post football they look bigger size <laughs> but you look extremely fit have you still been running and uh, keeping fit uh yes es- especially during the circuit breaker mm. it helps me a lot uh. Uh, there's nothing to do much at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my work from home ends at uh, five o'clock. Okay. So after that, I run through the night lah. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe for a long, ten, uh, almost 10 kilometer mm-hmm. runs. And uh, when I was doing that, I saw Shari Isha was doing his runs <laughs> also <laughs> in at the park. Mm-hmm. So we we sat and talked about the football uh, industry in mm-hmm. singapore mm-hmm. right now at nice. the current stage uh, mm-hmm. which is not looking so good uh. <laughs> <laughs> we will we'll get to that later on uh. let's get started uh Shaiful, of course you know every footballer has a start to his football journey where did your journey begin how do you start playing football uh well i started playing football definitely under the void deck lah mm-hmm. okay uh, but right now the government control so much uh, you cannot play <laughs> under void deck anymore yeah. you have to go to futsal arena or mm-hmm. you need to book a place at bukit timah mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so i started playing with my uh, kampung friends okay. uh, under the void deck mm-hmm. and some open fields when we managed to see an open field there there we were mm-hmm. uh, having a kick about uh, having two sided uh, games even if we have Four person, two versus two. Mm. Uh, yeah. If two person, one versus one. <laughs> <laughs> so that is where I started off. Mm-hmm. Mm. But when do you realize that uh, you were quite good at football? When do you start to take it seriously? Uh, I started to take it seriously uh, when I was 12 years old. Okay. Uh, I started playing uh, under a COE team. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that time, it was Tanjong Paga. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that there is a COE team under 12. So my friend told me, hey, they got a try lah at uh, Hang Jebat Field. Hang uh, Jebat Field, okay. Uh, Where is that? That is near uh, Nomenton. Nomenton mm-hmm. Park Road. Okay. If you pa- pass by <laughs> AYE, uh, you can see Nomenton Park exit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the right now is a construction. Uh, they are doing some construction okay. works there. But mm-hmm. before... They they have a big fields. They have big fields ah uh, around three to four fields. Uh. Mm-hmm. Oh. So they say. Uh, my friend told me, "Hey, Saiful, uh, there is a Shui trial ah uh, at Jal uh, Hanjabat field. Mm-hmm. Want to go or not?" Mm. So Hanjabat field from my home, it's about five minutes walk through the uh, KTM uh, the railway. Mm-hmm. Last time it used to be a railway there. Oh, so you grew so, up in Tanjung Pagar. I grew up in Tangling Hot Road. Ah, okay. uh, so I cut through the railway and then there it is, Hang mm. Jebat Field. So I went there and go for the trials. They make us fill the form and then uh, they started to segregate the the players uh, who is left-footed, who is right-footed oh. and choose to play for which position. So at that time, uh, when I started off, I did not started off as a left back. Mm. Uh, I started off playing in the middle of the field, center oh, okay. midfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I played for one match, two-sided games, and they straight away take me in 
so that is where I started off and then then onwards uh, after a few months playing for the COE team uh, the COE national under 12 coach that was uh, Cikgu Razif lah he saw mm. me playing and then he called me up to the under 12 national team mm. oh So when you were growing up in a secondary school, primary school, do you also play football there? Uh, during my primary school, we have no uh, football team mm. at all. Oh. So I did not manage to play any primary school games uh, during my primary school years. But during secondary school, uh, I I got into the team. So we did quite well. Uh, Which school was that? Queensway Secondary School. Oh, okay. So one of the better schools. Yeah. <laughs> so from the first year in secondary school to the fourth year, uh, every year we managed to get into the finals, and uh, we only lost once in the final. Oh, yeah. okay. And we made we made it. Uh, during my second year, we made it as far as national semi-finals. But we lost to Siglap, mm. and then uh, we came third after that. Okay. Oh, nice! Why are you smiling? <laughs> <laughs> for info, uh, our producer here, Nas, is from Siglap. <laughs> uh. So, did you see any like uh, current players when you were playing in secondary school? Did you meet any de- any of them on the field? Yes. Who turned uh, out to be your yes, yes. teammates? You know? Uh, Ismail Yunus. Ismail Yunus. For Siglap, okay. right? Yes, he played for Siglap. <laughs> so we go against each other, and then uh. at that time. Both of us are playing for the under 12 national team, mm. uh, uh, so we know each other uh, quite well, lah. Uh. Mm. So I tell my uh, my schoolmates, ah, uh, to take care of this guy, <laughs> to mark him. If you can tackle him, bring him down. <laughs> But then he also did the same thing to me. <laughs> so this, ah, uh, the game between us was, ah, uh, a lot of tackles, ah, uh, hard tackles mm. during. Uh, school days already there was hard tackles. Nice. <laughs> so, so for for yourself, right? Um, when did you realize that you wanted to become a professional footballer, or was that something that only came later on? Uh, I didn't realize quite early, lah. I realized it uh when I was seventeen. Seventeen, okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know what is professional football back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the age of uh fifteen. Uh, I was playing f- at the age of 16. I was playing for the national under 16. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went to Denmark for Lingby Cup. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a competition there. There was a tournament there. We we traveled to Denmark. And uh, I got selected by one of the scouts there. And uh, I was about to sign for a club there. but oh, in Denmark? Uh, in Denmark. Oh. Uh, but uh, I didn't manage to do so because... On the last game, uh, I torn my ankle ligament, and oh. the, the league then doesn't last very long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So after that game, I cried a lot, lah. Uh, <laughs> of course, I'm not shy to say that I cried. <laughs> It's okay. I cried a lot, lah, because uh, I wanted it so much, lah. Mm-hmm. Because of the weather there, it's cold. Mm-hmm. You know, as a kid, we never faced this kind of weather before, so it interests me to. To know what the country is like, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. when I didn't manage to pursue my career in Denmark, then I felt terrible lah. But uh, words of motivation from uh, Surya Muti, if you mm-hmm. know the legend, yes. uh, he is also a left-footed legend. Mm-hmm. So 
he gave me words of motivation to say uh, to not not try to give up my career maybe this chance close another chance will open for me mm-hmm. so i keep on pursuing and uh, i realized that on uh, when i was 18 eh, when i was 17 i was coached by danish uh, danish coach mm-hmm. that was kim polson kim polson yeah uh, kim polson and then <clears throat> I before I went for the under 17 trials uh national under 17 trials I during the school holidays I work as a uh, partition installer at Santex <laughs> City <laughs> office uh, I wanted to quit football mm. uh because uh I wanted to support my parents uh, mm. uh I wanted to give them something back uh, in return So I wanted to stop football but uh, at that time Kim Poson was not around yet that was uh, the one that coach at that time was Robert Lim. Mm. So I didn't came I didn't come for training about a month or a month and a half. He called me called I didn't answer. <laughs> Then after that he came to my house. He came to my parents house. So like. that was you already decided that you Yeah, I wanted football. to stop football. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Then he came to my parents' house. Uh, came looking for me and when I got home, I was shocked to see him in, <laughs> inside my living room. Lah, mm-hmm. Which I don't think that a lot of players uh, have the opportunity to have a coach sitting in the living room waiting mm-hmm. for you to let you decide whether uh, you are good enough or not good enough to play football. Lah. Mm-hmm. So he told me that yes right now you are not making a lot of money because you are still young but promise me eh, I promise you that uh, in future you will earn uh, 10 times what you are getting now then I trust his word mm. I trust his word I pursue my career I came back to training and then so- sooner uh, soon about two weeks Uh, Mr. Kim Poson, he he came down uh, and started to take over from Robert Lim. So he saw Mr. Kim Poson saw something in me. So he brought me at the age of 18 to Young Lions instead of uh, staying in the under 18s. Mm-hmm. So he brought me to Young Lions before I reached the age of 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I managed to play my first S-League game uh, Before I turned 18. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that was in 2004, correct? Yes. So how did it feel like when you finally made your first appearance in the S-League? Uh, did you feel like it was worth listening to Robert Lim at that time? Definitely, I feel that I accomplished something and I'm on the right track. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, because Robert also told me that football is not an instant success. You have to work hard. You have to uh, be dedicated to pursue something that you really, really want. And you are not only competing uh, among 10 people or 11 people. You are competing a place uh, uh, on the entire Singapore. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people playing football, but why they choose you must be something special. So I follow what he say. I trust his word and I manage to accomplish what he said and 
looking back at it, I also want to thank him for motivating me for coming to my parents' house. Mm. If not, I wouldn't be here. If not, I wouldn't be who I am. Yes. If not, I would I wouldn't be so successful. Mm-hmm. How supportive was your family? Because I mean, you did say that you wanted to quit football to mm. to support them financially. Uh, so when you decided to play football in the end, uh, how supportive were they? Uh, I know they were struggling okay. back then. We live we live in a three room flat in Tangling Hall, and they are not uh they are not well educated people. Mm-hmm. So I see them struggling to meet uh uh to meet what do you say that how you call that make ends meet ah uh, make ends meet so. I I wanted them to feel that uh, they have a son that can provide for them mm-hmm. uh, and get them out from this uh, we can say poverty lah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, they tell me you don't worry about the money, you don't worry about whatever the sacrifice we made. We made this. For all the uh, for our kids mm. to grow up as long as you are happy, so I told them I still don't want to play football, <laughs> but they stay. They say to me, if tomorrow you don't go to training, you don't come back home. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that is how serious they are. Mm-hmm. So I follow the instruction given by my parents. Ah, <laughs> uh. if not, I don't have a house to live in, <laughs> no house to sleep. <laughs> no place to makan mm-hmm. so I really appreciate what they do for me the sacrifice they did for me so I I they were very very supportive towards mm-hmm. me uh, and I made them proud uh. yes yeah. of course you did and uh, talking about making uh, your parents proud they must have realized something in you for, for them to say or rather convince you to go back to football At that time, did you have the belief in yourself as well that you can go on to become a, a good national team player, a good footballer? At that time, I was not even thinking right. Uh. Okay. I was just, I was just trying to make money for mm. my parents. Mm-hmm. Uh. But uh, I didn't know I have that capabilities also, mm. uh, and. I just follow the flow. I just uh, follow what Mr. Robert Lim say. He say, just work hard, be dedicated towards training, be dedicated towards anything you do. And commitment is uh, the number one key to success. Uh, even if you fail, get back up on your two feet, get stronger, and you will accomplish whatever you want one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I still keep his words. Uh, even after football career, there was no support from any uh, FAS staff or any FAS uh, higher management people mm-hmm. for people like us, especially mm-hmm. after football. We don't have work experience. We are professional. Yes. We are not those people who is working eight to five. So, what they need to do is to have a career uh, 
program for people who is retiring uh, career change program so that uh, they won't feel left out in the community uh. Uh, so when they have when they finish their career they have something to fall back not like just after football career you don't know what you're going to do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and some of them sadly lah they become personal drivers yeah. become grab drivers so that has to stop uh. that has to stop mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. for all the sacrifice uh, that the players made uh be it time spent with the family uh be it training or having a match during the holidays where people go out of the country mm. to enjoy their holidays there is a lot of sacrifices in football but we were not well taken care of after football mm-hmm. uh, especially fas need to do something about this not only think about those who is at the present moment playing football but mm. those who have served the country those who have sacrificed for the country mm-hmm. yeah that's actually a topic that i do want to dive in um, quite uh, more into that later uh, but right now i do want to touch on the set piece ability that i was talking about earlier so don't get me wrong you were a fantastic left back in defense and even going forward Uh, but it was a set piece ability that made you stand apart from most other players at the time. Not only his set pieces, but his, even his crosses. Yes, his crosses uh, were killer. Yes, bro. You don't even see that in Man United today. <laughs> <laughs> We can go all day about that. But you know, for yourself, when did you realize that you were good at taking set pieces, and how much of work went into that? Uh, I realized at the age of twelve, Mr. Razif saw something in me. So he made me take all the set pieces for the under 12 national team. Mm. Uh, and then uh, at the age of uh, during my secondary schools uh, secondary school days uh, uh, I was the one who take all the set pieces for my school team also. Mm. And when I went to under 15 national team with Suryamuti that time He was the one who trained me uh, every day to take set pieces because he was he himself take set pieces mm. for Singapore last mm-hmm. time so he trained me every day uh, after after training to take set piece so from there onwards I start taking set piece I train after training on my set pieces to make it perfect and uh try to assist as much as possible try to do my part for the team lah mm-hmm. so when you, when you say that uh, you worked on it later on in the career when you started playing the S league did that work still continue is it something that you have to continuously do yes yes of course we need to always uh, be consistent during our our set pieces because yep. set pieces is always 50-50 in football mm mm-hmm. uh, And in football, if you get that 50-50 chance uh, and the whole game, you only have one free kick and you score the only goal, mm. that makes a lot of difference. Yeah. So you have to be perfect. You have to be consistent. Uh, that's why uh, uh, I think not a lot of uh, uh, players at present moment uh, they go through that kind of training uh. mm-hmm. 
now they only want to do knuckleball. <laughs> Following Ronaldo, knuckleball. Yeah. But it's mm. not an easy technique. Mm. I tried it myself and out of 100, I managed one only. <laughs> yeah. But it's true. I think that in swinging ball is almost a lost art right now. Yeah. This, I mean, you don't yeah. see many people uh, yeah. floating in that kind of a ball. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> knuckleball. <so. laughs> <laughs> and then for yourself, uh, one of the more successful uh, times in at club level was with the Singapore Armed Forces, uh, where you won four league titles and and two cups. What made the team so strong at that time? We had a right system in place. Mm-hmm. We had the right training regime in place. We have the right players a mix of youngsters and a mix of experienced players. And a big help was the experienced players was legendary. Mm-hmm. Mm. We talk about Tersat Chaiman. Mm. <laughs> you know that there's no other players like Tersat Chaiman in Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. He is for me the Zidane of Southeast Asia. <laughs> yeah. He have eyes at the back of his head. <laughs> yeah. So, those experienced players, uh, they help us a lot. And of course, we youngsters also, we push each other during training. The tackers were flying in during training. Mm. Not only in games, but during training. Mm-hmm. We take it every session seriously. We take our gym session seriously. We take even our recovery seriously. Mm. Uh, So, that helped us a lot during that uh, period of time where we were very, very successful, uh, not only in Singapore, but mm. in Southeast Asia. We were one of the strongest team in Southeast mm. Asia. We even beat Muang Tong. Uh, we even beat uh, Indonesian clubs. Uh, even when we go to Thailand and play uh, Uh, Port Authority that time was Port Authority mm-hmm. at Thailand we even beat them at their own ground so and when we qualify for Champions League that already shows that we are one of the best team in Southeast Asia mm. uh, we can compare ourselves as a JDT team at the present moment mm. the JDT uh, before the JDT <laughs> yeah, the JDT before the JDT <laughs> The original, bro. <laughs> yeah. and, and you talk, you just mentioned the Asian Champions League. Uh, you of course uh, one of the few players who've had that opportunity to play in such a competition. Uh, did it genuinely feel like a step up uh, compared to whatever competitions you were playing at that time? How tough was it? Uh, Champions League was very, very tough. Mm-hmm. But uh, we are just minos. Uh. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are not uh, uh, as professional as uh, the other teams. Yep. We are professional during our training, but the professional, I mean as a whole, uh, from backroom staff, from mm-hmm. how the club is run, from the money they invest, and from the training facilities they have. Uh, the backroom staff already, they can feel a team really. Mm. Uh, those Japanese club, at least they have 11, 12 backroom staff. Mm-hmm. But we only have One coach, one fitness coach, one goalkeeper coach. That's don't, all. Don't forget your kid man. Oh yeah, kid man also. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, oh and one more lah. Manager lah. Uh, uh, <laughs> so we have only five. 
But they have eleven just for the players only. That doesn't include their their management team. Mm-hmm. So by far they were the better team lah. When when you talk about all these uh these good times when you had with uh, the SAF at the time, uh, it does make me remember that the club is no longer around at the moment. Uh, <laughs> Shaifu is shaking his head at the moment, by the way. What, what do you think went wrong in a sense where do you feel like, you know, when you look back now, the club that was so successful at the time, how how did they let it happen? Do you feel uh, angry? What, what do you feel? I feel that... Uh before it was run by Mindef mm-hmm. and when they privatized the club that mm-hmm. is the downfall of the club it went to the wrong hand mm-hmm. uh, if FAS have uh, have selected diligently to who they give to because we are the most successful club in Singapore yeah. you cannot just anyhow give this uh, this club this special club to anybody mm. you need to choose the right person who supports football 100% who would like to invest in football doesn't matter the how much the amount is dedication commitment like what I say uh, just now dedication commitment mm. but then they fail to do so mm-hmm. they select the wrong team to run uh, Singapore Armed Forces. Mm-hmm. They privatize it. I'm not sure whether the the owners of uh, Warriors FC is really committed to having the best team in Singapore or they just want to make money out of the jackpot mm-hmm. machine. Okay. Yeah, but so at the time when you were there, everything was, was perfect. When I joined... Warriors in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I joined Warriors in 2016, everything wasn't the same as what it used to be. Mm. When it was SAF? Yes. Uh. When in SAF, we have a perfect system that we work with. Even though it's a bit military, but that gives us, uh, that shows us discipline. Mm. In football, so you need discipline. Mm-hmm. So, uh, when I went to Warriors, there is a lot of changes whereby the manager wants to make decision on the field mm. instead of the coach. Mm. Uh, he he doesn't if he doesn't like the style of the coach, he will go against the coach. Uh, oh. If he doesn't like the players. Uh, who is playing, he will inform the coach to take this player out. Wow. And then, will bench this player for next few games. It's so this was that, openly done in front of all the players? or It, it, it does not, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't show openly. Mm-hmm. But we as players, we know. Mm, okay. uh, we as players we are in a dressing room we know what is happening uh, because we also have eyes uh, mm. on the stands yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have family members on the stands ah. uh, we have other coaches from other clubs on the stands mm-hmm. so 
we get this news from other coaches, other family members saying that he is the one who caused the coach to make the decision sure. to change this, change that. And sadly, one of my close friend, one of my childhood uh, football friend, which is Ismail Yunus, mm-hmm. he suffered because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think I've heard plenty of stories like this which makes footballers feel delusioned and you know they do quit football because of this mm. some might say it's too sensitive and all but things like this make you turn away from football correct and for, for yourself uh, was that similar also for you do you feel like this uh, incidents made you feel like ah, I, I'm done with football uh, yes part of it la, but mm-hmm. not not all of it okay I for me one person doesn't make the decision for me to quit football mm-hmm. is the whole entire football scene in Singapore. Mm. From the salary, from the contract issues, uh, from the training facilities, from the grassroots, uh, everything. Uh, everything. Sorry, but it does. It, it's not the same as what I go through when I was young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But was it very different from when you were younger? I mean, because you were part of a successful national team and growing up, you were successful with various teams. Is it? Are you saying that it changed suddenly? Yes, mm. it changed a lot. Instead of last time, what I go through was under 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, every age group. Now, I don't see any under 12. Only mm. those uh, see, what, what they call it now? Um, the league belongs to FAS only. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they don't have 13, 14, 15. Uh, they only have 16, 18. Then now rubbish reserve league. <laughs> <laughs> then go to S league. Yeah. Mm. And there's no progress. There's no progressively, progressively uh, improving. Mm-hmm. Because... For a 12 years old or a 13 years old to compete against a 16 years old, it's difficult because physically, it's different. Technically, it's different. Mm. Power, different. You don't have the same speed as a 16 years old. Mm. You are just starting off. You are just gaining your strength, gaining your muscle development, everything. So to compete with 16 years old, of course, you will lose out. Uh, and when you lose out a lot of times, that made these players lose hope of get, mm. playing professionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the downturn of them doing this. They talk about pumping the money in grassroots, but it's not about the money only. It's mm. about how you have a correct system. The system that I go through was from Barry Whitbread. He's a legend with Liverpool. Mm-hmm. He coached the Liverpool youth. Uh, he made that system work in Singapore. Mm. And the likes of uh, Ridwan, the likes of uh, Bayhaki, Sharil, Hassan, Noah Alam Shah, mm. all those successful national players, we grow we go through all the same system as this. But when they stop this uh, way of doing things, that is where we can see now 
the quality of football, uh, the lesser number of players, mm. Mm. smaller talent uh, pool, smaller lah. pool, yeah. yeah. So that destroy football. Mm. So please, FAS put back the system <laughs> that we used to have. Mm-hmm. I may not have a degree in business, mm. but to compare the business degree and my career i could have have a bachelor degree instead mm. instead of a degree only mm-hmm. uh, because how the football industry is run here is like people think we are working 8 to 5 they don't understand the meaning of professional mm. professional is just a short career if you look uh in the YouTube where TMJ say uh, they are professional players. They have a short uh, time span mm-hmm. as a professional career. They should be getting more than what the 8 to 5 are working, uh, are getting mm. because yeah. the 8 to 5, they can work until their CPF come out also. Mm. But for professional, we have only 10, 15 years to make our living. Yes. Yep. Then after that, We don't have the work experience as the eight to five person person who is working daily. Mm. So when we finish our professional career, we have nothing to move on except if you are being paid well, all those money you can start something, start a business, uh, start investing all this yeah. into property, mm-hmm. uh, all those kind of uh, uh, that all those kind of business that where you need capital to start with. Right now, Singapore football, there's no capital for those players to start with. Even the contract offer was what? 10 months? 9 months? Mm. 11 months? Last time, I used to get offered 3 years. 3 years. So, that's a lot. That's a huge difference. Mm. So, FS really need to look back into the system. Mm-hmm. And please get those uh, people at the higher management that who plays football for the national team before. Mm. Not those people who run it like a business. It's not a business. Football is not a business. Football is not the same where you pump money in, you expect money to come back. No. Mm. Even for TMJ, he pump money in, but he didn't expect the money to come so fast. It's just because he had a right system to work with. He know how to play the game. And he is also a dedicated person who wish to bring Malaysia football to another level, mm-hmm. which he did yeah. by winning the AFC Cup. Nobody in the Southeast Asia team win AFC Cup mm-hmm. before. So he was the first Southeast Asian team to win AFC Cup and that itself he did not complain of the investment that is coming in but in Singapore when they pump money in wow I put so much money in uh, then no never win trophy mm. so they were they were thinking about gaining money out of yeah. uh, out of something they put in They want immediate returns. Lah, yeah, they want yeah. immediate returns. Yeah. So that is not how football is run. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there, there is still outside people who is running the club like this, 
ask them to quit lah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, sorry, you were saying um, that's how uh, you were mentioning Ismail Yunus. Can you tell mm. us why what what do you say? Uh, why do you say that? Like, what is he doing now? Right now, Ismail Yunus is coaching ah, uh, mm. uh, because we've been keeping in touch uh, through these years ah. This is what I saw and I'll be honest as much as possible towards mm. this issue that what he is facing mm. at that time in 2016. Mm. Ismail Yunus is a person who is very, very committed to his career. Mm. He's, he went through ups and downs during his career. He has injuries, but he came back fighting and he performed. So, Just because you fail to perform for one match doesn't mean you are not you are not consistent. Mm. Sometimes we have bad days. Yeah, yeah. So, but this person can mention him. No, yeah. kena sue. Oh. <laughs> no lah. Don't worry. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, I just mention. This him is him from la. your point of view, lah. Okay, right. from my point of view, yeah. uh, the manager. Mr. Paul Po, if you can hear me, Mr. Paul Po, stop <laughs> doing what you are doing. You are uh, making people to retire early. <laughs> so, what Ismail went through was horrible. And I faced that same thing in the second year. So, what Ismail went through that uh, he had injuries, but during that Warriors year, He just had a small injury, a calf strain, mm. right before one day before the match. So, uh, Paul Po think that oh, this guy is injury prone. So Paul Po tell him that oh, I put you on the bench so that you uh, can rest, so mm. you can. Uh, sustain longer your career and then you also uh, can take care of uh, yourself lah. Uh, you'll be fit for every game. But Ismail was not facing any injury after he recovered from the calf, uh, calf strain. Mm. He was training very hard. He was one of the better players in the defensive line. Uh, but Paul Po doesn't want him to play. That's it. So Paul Po doesn't allow the coach to put him there. So what Paul Po did was bench him, bench, 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 bench. Even if there is an opportunity for a place in uh in the team for Ismail, he didn't play. For reason only the coach and Paul Po know. Mm. Because Ismail can play right back or center back. Yep. Right now, there's this one game where the right back got injured. So I was on the bench uh, and Ismail was also on the bench. It is just natural for Ismail to step in because yeah. he's a right footer. He, he, he is a natural right back. He is also a natural center back. He is very versatile. He can keep with both legs. So it's only natural for him to come in to the right back position. But because of the 
decision that mm-hmm. Mr. Paul Po don't want him to play. Mm-hmm. I was put. Uh, I was. Uh, I came in on the right back spot. So, by that, it shows that Ismail was no longer in the plan. Yeah. So called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is bad for a club like mm-hmm. Warriors lah. When someone so dedicated, someone so committed was being treated like that, I as a friend, as a teammate, of course, I don't agree with it. Mm. I I don't support whatever Mr. Paul Po do, uh, did. Uh, I believe Ismail is still one of the better players. Even if you ask him to play now, he still can run. Mm-hmm. He still can play well. And he actually he he suffered during the twenty sixteen season mm-hmm. because of what Mister Popo did. Then the following year, he retired because he felt so uh, down. Uh. Mm-hmm. He felt so upset that a player of his capabilities uh, was being treated like that. Yeah, lots of politics involved, and it shouldn't yeah. be that way. Because if a player is committed, uh, they should be playing naturally, yeah, you especially know? on his at his uh, natural position. Yeah, it's quite it's quite sad to hear from there. But yeah, thanks man. for sharing with us the story. <laughs> sure, uh, sure. <laughs> uh, of course, you were one of the pioneer players in the Lions tour of the first season in 2013. At the time, 2013, 2012. 2012. Uh, for yourself, you only lasted one season with the Lions tour. First of all, how was the experience playing in the MSL, and also why was it only one season? Uh, it was great playing in MSL mm-hmm. because one thing, the fans. Yes. Mm. They really made you feel that you are away team. Because in Singapore, wherever you go is still home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The same number of people, the same people also will watch you. <laughs> so for MSL, it's different. Because we are going against their state team. So mm. the whole state is behind them. It was enjoying. I had a great time playing for Lions stuff for even one season. The following season, uh, I wanted to continue. Okay. Uh, but uh, I had better offers. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and the better offer came from Tempinesa uh, mm. because I have to make a decision for my family also. Mm. At the end of the day, yes, you you want to play football, but people say, oh, money is not important. The passion is important. You tell these people, can passion put food on the table or not? <laughs> if can, I do it. <laughs> if can, I do it. <laughs> But, but it's still great that you got to enjoy the, the whole MSL experience. Yes. Yeah. And the national team is something that we have to talk about when it comes to you. Uh, for yourself, uh, how do you get the first call-up? Who gave it to you? And uh, what do you remember from your first game in the national team? Uh, the first call-up was made by Radi Avramovic mm-hmm. at that time. And tell you honestly, Radi Avramovic is the best coach in my enti- entire career. Mm. He knows when is the right time to bring in the youngsters. He knows when to mix the youngsters together with the senior players. 
he know which uh, strength we have, which weakness we have. And we always use our strength against the weakness of the opponents. So he gave me his uh, my first opportunity against uh, against Vietnam mm-hmm. in Suzuki Cup, but it was just a last minute thing. Uh, I lasted only what five ten minutes only. Mm. Okay, just because we were losing, so he wanted to try on the set pieces, but. Five to ten minutes, we didn't get any set pieces. Huh? <laughs> uh, so that was my first match, and then my full match for national team was against Syria. Uh, it's it's at uh, Kalang Stadium, the old Kalang old Stadium. Kalang Stadium. Uh, we won. Nice one, right? We won two one. <laughs> okay, eh, two one or two nil. Uh. We won. We won them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was my first full game and I managed well uh, the whole game. I didn't struggle. I didn't get, uh, I didn't let my nerves take uh, over me. Mm-hmm. I stay calm with the guidance uh, of uh, Daniel Bennett, mm. with the guidance of Noah Lamsha, who has a tremendous fighting spirit because of him, the whole team fights like crazy. Mm-hmm. Because he started it from the front. Mm-hmm. When we see that passion where he go and chase after a defender, that made us tell to ourselves, say to ourselves that he can do it, why we cannot do it? Mm-hmm. He started to fight. Why we still, uh, why we still waited for them to come? Mm-hmm. We should also follow him go and fight with him. So, he was the moral bo- booster in our team. Okay. He always fight, 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 fight. People think, people always thought him as a bad, uh, bad person on the football pitch. But actually, for a person like him, you know, you need to know how to uh, understand him. Mm-hmm. His aggressive is on the pitch. That is what we are lacking now. We don't see any aggressive striker after him. Mm. If you can tell me one, uh, then I give you money lah now. <laughs> <laughs> don't have. Mm. Can you reveal any names? I mean, I, I feel that the mm. current national team does try its best, but it's not quite the same level of uh, aggressiveness yes, that no Shaifu is talking yeah. about. It, it's, it's a bit different. Yep. Uh, that's my opinion, of course. I hope I don't offend anyone. <laughs> uh, and you were also one of those who got to play under Burn Stanger as well. For yourself, in your own opinion, do you feel like he was uh, not given enough time? Burn Stanger, uh, he tried to implement uh, the European passing style, mm-hmm. the, the tiki-taka style. And honestly, for me, I became a better player with less touches of the ball. I learned what he meant through one-two touches. One-two touches move. One-two touches move. Do not delay with the ball. So, actually, it opened up spaces for the other teammate. And there's no time for opponent to close you down. So, because 
before he come down you already pass the ball mm-hmm. so he miss the the tackle if you hold longer onto the ball you will get tackle so the opponent miss the tackle you manage to keep more ball possession instead of chasing after the ball you you don't have to tire yourself chasing after the ball instead you enjoy playing football he should be the national team coach for a few more years mm-hmm. because results don't come instantly yes. especially when you are rebuilding the team uh, when we have uh when was it after yeah the suzuki cup team that won 2012 mm. uh that team after the following year zainuddin disassemble the team and bring in burns tanga and put in more young bloods into the national team too yep. too soon mm. like what radi why radi have a lot of successful years as the national coach is because he know when to put in the youngsters and the experienced players but because burn is told to do so he, they wanted to have young talents more than the senior players they want more young players on the field instead of the senior players so burn also you cannot fault burn stanger mm. himself himself he at the end of the day he is just doing his job mm-hmm. but the football fraternity needs to know that it's not easy to get result instantly when you are rebuilding the team and with the lesser number of players that you can choose from lesser number of talents which you can choose from it's not easy mm-hmm. so he should stay another year or two lah mm-hmm. uh, because when we got the result against japan uh, that shows our capabilities also we can compete with them the only thing is difficult for us to cross the line against yeah. japan yeah. yeah but japan is a whole lot better than us mm-hmm. in terms of everything so for us to manage that result against japan it was uh once in a lifetime moment <laughs> for every singaporean and for everyone who doesn't support football in singapore yeah. even those mm-hmm. who doesn't support football in singapore came to realize that wow singapore 0-0 at japan i go coffee shop also uh, the uncle is hey, saifu kosong kosong ah huh? <laughs> wow you are so good ah japan also cannot makan you all ah <laughs> yeah, so when we returned from japan it was very nice lah mm. the community really appreciate at that time lah so burn he he actually deserve a year or two more lah mm-hmm. yeah mm. at that time how tough was an assignment was uh, the japan game because you guys defended for I would say most 90 of, minutes. 90 lah. minutes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be nice. But but you know, yeah, so how tough was it? I remember Kagawa was playing. I remember Honda was playing. Okazaki was playing. Yeah, tell us about it. How tough was it? It was really damn tough. <laughs> really, really damn tough. I never had my toughest match uh, until I met Japan. Uh. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you never really... knew what tough was until yeah, you met Japan. Uh. Yeah. I was running everywhere trying to chase them with the pace of football. Uh. It's not 
the pace of their speed, you know. But the passes, the pace of the passes that makes it very fast. Mm. Mm. They can pass very hard to the other players, but the other players like normal only. Yeah, and this one nothing lah. Uh, <laughs> but for us, if we got a hard pass, our control sure mm. habis lah. Mm. <laughs> so Japan, how to say ah? It, it, it was really really tough. Whereby when I was uh, lying on my bed. I still have cramps. <laughs> yeah. After the match, we went back to hotel, had our dinner. Uh, then we went back to our room and rest. We do ice bath inside our own room lah. Mm-hmm. So after the ice bath, I lie down. Still, I got cramp. <laughs> then sleeping, another cramp come. Then morning, want to walk, wake up, cannot. <laughs> So Basically shows how tough, tough uh, it was uh, marking and defending against Japan. Yeah, it, 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 it's really tough. Uh. You have to see left, right, front, back, up, down also. Can <laughs> <must see. laughs> was there a particular player in that game that turned you upside down? Uh, I was the one who marked Honda. Honda, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he, his type of football, he how he plays... It's not the same as the other Japanese players. Mm. When you know about Japanese, it's all about hard work lah, speed lah. Uh, they are, they they their passes lah. They are not those physical side, but they they are those uh, technically gifted mm. side. Mm-hmm. Mm, like how Thailand is technically gifted team. So Honda was different. He was physically uh, gifted. He play his football physically instead of technically. But of course, his technique was amazing also. Mm. Uh, so, I know he will always cut into his left foot and take a shot wherever there is an opening for him. Even from 30 meters away, 25 meters away, 14 meters also, if he can take shot, I think he take shot. Because he is that technically gifted. Mm-hmm. He is able to uh, to execute. So, I know he always go to his left foot same like me. I also will go to my left foot every time. So, I try to make, I force him to move, uh, to go more to his right. right sir. Mm. But still, sometimes he managed to go through on his left. Uh, and, he is definitely one of the hardest player for me to mark. Lah. Mm. Shinji Gawa was like a ballerina, you know. <laughs> uh, everything he do, there is brilliance. Uh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Okazaki never stop running. Never stop running. He will run, 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 run for those uh, hopeful ball also. Uh, where he know the percentage is uh, 70% against him. He mm. will still go fight for it. That is Okazaki. Mm-hmm. And then, with uh, the captain who is playing in the German league. Mm. Hasebe. Uh, Hasebe. Mm-hmm. A true leader who is mm. very calm in the center of midfield. Always pushing his teammates. You can only hear his voice. Pushing, 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 pushing. 
the other teammates. Even they were not getting the result, he still push, push, push until the 90 minutes. So, they were totally a step or two step or three step ahead us uh, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of football. So, it was wonderful to have, to have the experience uh, playing against them. And this story, I can share with my children or grandchildren <laughs> in future. Yes. Uh, it's a historic moment for Singapore football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, I think when I see Shaiful talking about his uh, footballing career, mm. I can see lots of joy and uh, mm. memorable moments that he talks about. Uh, so for me, it's a surprise that you did step away from the game relatively early in your career. I would say early because mm. you still see players who, who are late into their uh, 38 late 30s still yeah. playing in the game you're only 34 right no? yeah, 34. yeah still 34 still, yeah. and like I said still looks fit so I know you've already mentioned a bit about you know retiring and, and why and what went behind the decision but for you were you preparing for it or was that a, a decision that you made in, in a few days uh, I did not plan to retire at the age of uh, 30 or 31 uh, I did not plan the retirement mm-hmm. uh I was disappointed with Warriors the second year. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is mine went through? I went through the same thing. Mm. Uh, for the second year, for a start, I was being uh, I was given the captain armband for Warriors, and it was an honor really because I grew up with that club. Yeah. A lot of successful years with the club. So when I was given the captain armband, I was very honored. Uh, I appreciate the management, uh, and I, I try to lead the team as best as possible. Uh, but I sustained a hamstring injury after only the first game, and that injury happened when I was celebrating. Uh, the winning goal i scored with a header and that was the winning goal uh, on the match so kento jump uh, on top of me and i pulled my hamstring i oh. strained my hamstring mm-hmm. then hamstring strain is not those thing where after one week or two weeks you can straight away play again there is a lot of rehab a lot mm-hmm. of recovery a lot of uh, physiotherapy that needs to be done uh, and after a few months i played again then uh, i got a calf strain because i was pushing myself push 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 during training i push so we don't have a proper recovery system like what i said earlier we don't have a good system like we used to have mm-hmm. so that that was disappointing for me lah to have injuries uh, after i just came back from a, uh, a injury mm-hmm. before so what polpo did to me was the same as what polpo did to ismail ismail yunus mm. i was benched even when i'm well We, even when I know that I can play better that, than the person who is playing, even when I know that I can contribute something to the team, but uh, because 
of the reason only Paul Po know that I cannot play. Mm. Then through half 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 of the season, the captain number was given to Sharil, and that decision. They didn't discuss with me why they take the armband away from me, so it was, uh, not so respectful of mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. If you think that I did something wrong, you can come up to me and discuss it with me. Give me the opportunity to show you that I can improve. Uh, if I did manage the team in a wrong way, because it's the first time. Of my entire career that I captain aside, mm. so these things, you know, we we cannot straight away walk when we are baby one. Right? Yeah, we have to crawl first. Then after that, stand up, fall up again, fall up again. Then we can walk properly. So they straight away want me to walk instead of crawl. Mm. Uh, so I cannot do that. They just straight away chop me, then give it to Shari Isha. Mm-hmm. Shari doesn't want to take it. By Haki also doesn't want to take the captain armband. Nobody wants to take the captain armband because we have that mutual respect, respect yeah. in the dressing room. This captain armband belong to Saifu. Only Saifu can use. But I talk to Shari. I say Shari, it's okay. It's okay. You go and lead the team. What they do to me, it's okay with me. Yeah. I don't hope for it. I don't beg for it. They are the one who give me. They want to take it back. Let it be. As mm. long as it doesn't hurt the team, I'm fine with it lah. I'm being professional lah. Yeah. Uh, not like what they are doing lah. Mm-hmm. That is totally unprofessional yeah. of them lah. That that was the the club side of things, but. How much did the SPL rule or rather FAS's rule for the SPL of uh, becoming uh, using more under twenty three players contribute to the decision of you uh, hanging up your boots early? Uh, you see, uh, during my time, uh, we don't have that rule, mm. but we still have youngsters performing in S League. Mm. We still do well for the under twenty three C games. We bring back third twice. But without the rule, yeah, yeah. But when they put the rule, uh, for the athletes team to have under twenty three players, we still don't have any bronze medal for the Sea Games. In fact, they are thinking not to send the football team for Sea Games. Yeah, that is totally, uh, shameful, lah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If FAS. Doesn't think it's shameful towards them, then they must have a. Uh, uh, if Malaysia ah muka tembok ah, which uh, thick skin lah, thick skin. Uh, thick skin lah. It's very shameful lah. This under twenty three, this under twenty three rules ah, is totally rubbish for me lah. Mm. You are just uh, giving. That space for them, even if they don't perform, even if they don't deserve that place, mm. even if they don't come training, they know they will still have that place for them. So, these players can become more lax on that. Yeah. 
can relax. No problem lah. I can still play what. I still have that space for me what. I still have that position for me what. Mm. That is the requirement from FAS what. Yeah. So that is not the right way for football. In football, you must prove your place in that position. You have to show why the coach uh, pick you instead of those senior players. That is where we youngsters also, we learn from the senior players to push ourselves to make them sit on the bench, then we perform. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we perform, of course, we don't want them to come back on the first level. So, we have to be consistent. That teach us to be consistent also. But for now, with the under 23 rules, there is inconsistency. Even if they play terribly, also they have a place next mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. It's the same every game like that. That is where you see the football uh, end product uh, is missing now. The football quality is becoming worse and worse and worse. It's like S-League playing like a Prime League team. Mm. The the standard of now S-League uh, is performing is like those previous times uh, that is only Prime League. Mm. Last time S-League was way above this standard. Yes, way above sure. this standard. If we can beat those Thailand teams that shows how our standard was. Mm-hmm. What are then your opinion of um, the Young Lions setup right now? Right now, I don't follow. What is the set out? So right now, they there are no use. They used to have overage players, right? Uh, yeah, mm. but now I mean, I think I think the question you're trying to ask is, do you still believe the young lions system uh, should exist today? Because at your when you were playing, when you were a young lions, the whole football uh, culture or football scene was very different. Mm. Right now, do you think there is a place for young lions? In and the also, league? they were they were allowed overage players. Mm-hmm. If I'm not wrong. Yeah. Uh, for me. Uh, there is a good and bad but more to the bad side lah. Mm. because when these youngsters are playing among themselves they don't get the opportunity to learn from those senior players mm. uh, how the senior players train they don't know how the senior players behave they don't know because they are among themselves but when they have senior players who is very disciplined like Alex Alexander Durek uh, and then uh, they, the senior players have quality that the youngsters can see can learn uh, firsthand instead of uh, waiting for national team call up then they got the experience to see how those senior players are training uh, so for me this young lion set up they need to stop mm. okay. stop and let the clubs take in these youngsters and let the clubs do their duty to train these youngsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and decide if they're ready to play first team football. Lah. Yeah, and mm. stop the under-23 rule. Lah. Yes. Uh, one last question before we move on to the rapid fire round is, does it hurt you or does it disappoint you now that you know after so long and, and good services for the national team, uh, you played for quite some time at the highest level for the national team that they don't quite like remember you or, or in a, not not remember you but you know they didn't really uh, acknowledge you leaving the, the scene at that time when you retired 
I would say it was a very quiet retirement. Mm. You know, you yeah. just disappeared suddenly. You know, do you feel hurt or disappointed in in the way? Uh, of course, I felt something lah. I felt upset lah mm-hmm. because nobody from FAS even called me or even to check on me what I was doing. Uh, if they have checked with me, they would know that uh, what I want to pursue in my career. Mm-hmm. And all, be aside from uh, waiting for them to do something, so I took the opportunity not to wait for them. I just uh, invest on myself. I went to further my studies. I went to take a lot of certificates, so that I can get a better career after football. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of being a grab driver or personal driver or a delivery driver, like what the old times, the old uh, national players, they are doing last time. Mm-hmm. So, it was very disappointing of FAS uh, not to look after the ex-players. Uh. Uh, even those ex-players uh, would tell me, I uh, don't care about FAS, uh, not Football Association of Singapore. It's forget after service. <laughs> Yeah. So, until today, they didn't learn. Mm-hmm. Until today, mm-hmm. they didn't learn. There is no career opportunities that were given to us after football. Nobody take care of us after football. They just, oh, he retired. He, he's he's uh, problem lah. Mm. Don't care lah. Uh, so, that is what I felt that nobody in the FAS team care about ex-players. Only when we are playing, that is the time only where they care. Apart from playing, no more, no, we are not playing anymore. They don't care about us. Uh, and it's disappointing. Lah. Mm. Disappointing. Very, very disappointing. <laughs> not, not to sound too too somber, but I think yeah. it's, it's good to have this kind of honest conversations mm. so that, you know, improvements can be made. I think we need to have honest conversations about the, the culture mm. and the scene of football so that we can move forward. And and I'm really, very appreciative of the of, of you coming and, you know, being honest with us. Yeah, but today. also in being honest, we had mm. Fazul Nawaz on and he had this, he was in the FAS PSB Academy program, right? Mm-hmm. He's still furthering, furthering his studies. Yeah. Was that not... um? No, bring brought forward to you to to maybe pursue. No, mm. what Fazrul did was he himself, uh, uh, tell to FAS that I want to do this. But at that time, Fazrul was still playing. Oh, okay. Uh, Fazrul was still playing. Uh, mm. I was not playing. Mm-hmm. I retired. Yep. Actually, oh, okay. I didn't want to retire, mm. but. I had enough of this uh, politics in football. Mm. I just want to play football. That's all. I don't care about politics. I just want to be on the pitch, fighting with my teammates, you know, getting results, winning trophies. That is what I care. I don't care about politics. But now it involves too much politics. Mm. The contract was... The contract offer now was, was not like what it used to be. Mm-hmm. no more two years no more three years mm-hmm. no more four years now 
ten months, nine months, eleven mm. months. Then, what about the other one two months? Yeah. What are we going to do? So there How, was no. Are we going to put uh food on the table? Become mm. what part time grab? No driver? job security for uh, for you also like. Yeah. yeah. So mm. actually, I am happy that I step out from football. The reason is no more stressful. Uh, stressful period during December. Mm, yeah, because that is where the negotiation of contracts is uh, taking place. Mm-hmm. Uh, the job security, I don't have any issues with that anymore. I don't have to worry about uh, getting ten months contract or eleven months contract, uh, and I have. I, the workplace I'm working now, they appreciate the effort, the the things you do at work. Not like uh, during football, mm-hmm. where sometimes you get opportunity but was being stopped by other uh, person, mm. other people. So that is bad for football. But for me, people ask me. Uh, Saiful, why you suddenly stop? You don't miss football. Lah. Then I say, of course, I miss football. But the job insecurity, it kills me a lot. Mm. It haunts me a lot. Lah, because I have a family. If I am a single person, it's okay. But I have a family. I need to put food on the table. I need to buy new clothes for my kids. I need to buy diapers. need to buy milk powder. There is a lot of responsibility yeah. on my shoulders, and with the job insecurity of our football scene, how can I sustain my family? Mm. How can I uh, tell my family that oh, don't worry, next year I confirm have job. Yeah. How can yeah. I predict the future? Yeah. I cannot predict the future, but for my current workplace that I work I know that if I put the effort the same return will go to me mm. uh, I will get promotion I will get increment I will get better bonuses uh, so how much you put effort that is how the company treasure you not like football mm. uh, so it's better for me to take the step forward working outside rather than still playing football and still suffer the job insecurities at the end of the year. So that makes me make the decision to stop football because I am tired to I am tired to talk to these managers where every end of the year they will say, oh, I cannot give you this one because this is our budget only. Mm. You you have to make do with this, but mm. it doesn't tally with the performance we give on the field. Yep, and they don't understand professional and those working uh normal jobs outside. So that is disappointing lah. But on the high side for me, I am enjoying my life after football <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's wonderful to hear that yes. you know you found life after football. Uh, before I let you go, of course we have our rapid fire. Round powered by Active Fit. 
five questions uh, that we need an immediate answer to. Let's start off with question number one. Who's the toughest, toughest opponent that you have faced in your career, uh, local-wise? Local-wise? Yeah. Local-wise will be... If he's a foreigner, but he used to play yep. on yep. our yep. S-League. That's fine. Okay. Kony Hamid, Home United. Oh, okay, okay, okay. After he played for Home United, he went to Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Second question, uh, your best teammate? Best teammate? By Haki. Ah. <laughs> By Haki. Okay. <laughs> okay. Third question, which moment in your career validate, validated your decision to be a footballer? Which what? Which moment in your career validated your decision to go into football? Uh, the part where I told that I have to sleep outside because my parents <laughs> say, if you don't go training, do you don't come back. <laughs> so that is the part where it changes my whole entire football career. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fourth question. Your biggest regret in your career? Biggest regret? I don't have. No regrets no regret. at all? No regrets. No regrets. <laughs> nice. Uh, final question is, what is your wish for Singapore football? My wish for Singapore football is, of course, for it to improve. Lah. And for those people that who can make the changes, who have the power to make decisions, uh, to reinstate the system that we had when Barry Whitbread was around. Mm-hmm. That works for us tremendously. We have a larger play, pool of players to choose from at every level, at every age level. So I hope that these people come on board to FAS and make changes inside FAS first. Mm-hmm. Don't think about clubs because we know FAS controls the club mm-hmm. with the subsidies, everything yeah. is by FAS. So we need to go directly to FS to make the changes instead of those clubs. Clubs, they cannot do anything because when FS say, oh, you must have under 23 rule, clubs cannot say, I reject. Yeah. Cannot. Yeah. They have to follow. So the decision has to be made in FS instead of the clubs. Wonderful. Uh, thank you so much again for <laughs> coming to the final whistle. Very insightful conversations that we had. A wonderful time that we had with you. (laughs) Thank you so much, Haiful, and all the best in the future. Thanks for coming. And we have come to the end of this episode. We hope honest and open conversations like this do bring about change in local football. Do keep supporting us as we strive to uncover more stories. This has been The Final Whistle.